Hey, just a small disclaimer before we get started. Um, we got some construction going on in the sanctuary right under us. So if you guys hear some hammers, some drills, just know um, those are your tithes and offerings hard at work. And don't let it bother you because I'm not going to let it bother me. So here we go. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. Um, it's your uh, favorite host because your only host, Pastor Josiah here. I'm really enjoying doing this podcast, and I'm enjoying and appreciating all of the uh, feedback I'm getting from you guys, um, the comments and the likes and things I really appreciate, okay? It makes a difference. We don't know what you guys enjoy or what's really helping you in your walk with Jesus if you don't tell us. So I really appreciate um, the feedback, and uh, you can always give me more. You can walk up, you can walk right up to me on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night if you want, uh, or else you could also email me at uh, j s e r r a at thecrosspoint.com. Uh, once again, I always want to give a shout out to Easton Walker, our sound and recording engineer, uh, who makes me sound. Um, a lot better than I do. All right. So as you know, if you've been listening, if you haven't, uh, go back and check out the um, past episodes because it'll help give you an idea of what we're always aiming at in these uh, podcasts. But we always take a look at scripture three ways because um, we're trying to discipline ourselves uh, to look at scripture in a way that will keep helping us and prevent us from misapplying scripture and uh, will really help us tune in and listen to uh, what the Holy Spirit was trying to say uh, through these inspired writings, okay? And uh, we have as our source most of the time uh, the verse of the day from you version, always open to other things like requests from you guys. But um, as for now, I love taking the you version. I'll tell you, um, I'm like you guys. I just wake up in the morning and I see what the verse of the day is. So I'm, I'm hoping to do that because I want to uh, present things in this podcast that will actually help you guys. So I don't spend a couple of days researching and uh, coming up with an awesome presentation on it. What I like to do is um, get the verse of the day just like you would and then pull on my disciplines that I've had in my life and uh, begin to look at Scripture in a helpful way. So I hope that brings it down and, and helps everybody get on, the, uh, get on board together, okay? Well, our verse today is one of my very favorites, and it's from one of my favorite books in the New Testament, uh, from James. And uh, I think that this verse is a favorite of a lot of people, but I think it is extremely prone to misunderstanding. So I love that it's going to be on our podcast today because it helps us look at the context, uh, where we can see Jesus in it, and try to understand what the original author was saying. And uh, it could keep us, because this verse should be one of your favorites, but there might be some different and more helpful angles on it than you were thinking. So our verse today comes from James chapter 4. And it's from verse 7, okay? James chapter 4, verse 7. And it says this, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, as far as preaching goes, you can't ask for better than that. It has everything. Submission to God, resisting the devil. You get this picture of the devil fleeing from you. If you don't like that, you know, you got to check your pulse. Um, who, after having been tempted and hindered and discouraged by the enemy all your life as you're trying to follow Jesus, who doesn't want to picture the enemy fleeing from us? And so um, there's a lot of, this is an emotionally charged verse, okay? And I think a lot of us, when we're trying to follow Christ and we're like, man, this is hard and there's these hard things and I'm a problem and the world's a problem and uh, my friends, my family, there's issues, problems. It's like, man, blame the devil and let's get rid of that guy. 
And so a verse that says, resist the devil and he will flee from you, I think draws our attention now. The only problem with that, as the same problem with reading any isolated verse, is we could get very emotionally invested in it and want to know what it's about, but but not really know how to get inside of it because it's just one verse. And so we start to fill in a lot of it with our own definitions and things. And uh, something a lot of us tend to do is drop the first half, okay? Did you notice this verse uh, consists of two sentences? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, period. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's the one I like, okay? Resist the devil. So, I, you know, what I want to do, I want to hold up the crucifix. I want to uh, rebuke the devil, have him fly from me. Now, believe, but trust me, I believe in the devil. I understand. I believe in his power to discourage and hinder. It's all throughout the Bible. I don't think you can believe in God and not believe in the devil. I mean, it's just all right there. So I'm not pouring water on the fact that the devil is active in the world. And like Paul said, we're not ignorant of his schemes. Does he hate you? Yes. Is he trying to resist Cross Point Church? Is he trying to resist you and discourage you and keep you from following Christ? Yes. So I'm not trying to pour water on that. What I am saying is resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, how do I do that, right? All the weight goes on the words resist. Now, right here within the verse, we get a hint. So in the immediate context, just within the verse, we've got a pretty good hint because we don't want to forget that first sentence, though it's the one our flesh wants us to forget. What is it? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Okay, that's the action there. That's the positive action. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, positive. Negative action, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So um, it's one and the same thing, okay? Uh, Verse 7 here is suggesting that we do the same thing, and it's telling us to do it two different ways. So in other words, it's saying, when you submit yourself to God, you're resisting the devil. You see that? It's not one or the other, and it's not two suggestions. It's not submit yourselves, therefore, to God, full stop, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Say, great, Josiah, how do you know that? I love your opinion, but that's not why I tune into a scripture podcast. (laughs) Good. See, you're getting training, and you're starting to know. Like, I want to hear it from scripture. I don't want just your opinion. So let's do what we always do. So what's our larger context, okay? The larger context is this isn't a letter, okay? The book of James, what we call the book of James in the New Testament, is a letter from James, the brother of Jesus, to a church and it seems like from the letter now you you know there's opinions on this but it seems in general the letter is addressed to maybe a mostly jewish christian church like maybe it was mostly jewish people who were part of this christian church don't know for sure but it seems like a lot of it's pointed in that direction okay so that's the overall letter this is instructions from uh, james to a church on how to live for christ so that's nice to know Um, our larger context makes this very easy for us to apply it to our lives because We may not be Jewish, and we may not um, be the church that James was exactly writing to, but since his advice was trying to train a community of Jesus Christ on how to live for him, then it's pretty easy to carry that to us. So that's our larger context. Now, what will really help us with this verse today is by going to the beginning of our chapter. So we see here, submit yourself to God. Well, what does that mean? You know, that could mean a lot of things. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So let's find out what was James trying to say to this immediate church, since there's so much that could go into submit yourselves to God. Like, what is he trying to say? Pray more. uh, Don't go to the casino. Like, what is he trying to say? What does he mean, submit ourselves to God? Well, let's have a look by going all the way up to verse 1, okay? Now, we're going to read quite a bit. We're going to read about five or six verses, so hang in there with me. But this is very important, and I believe it's all the immediate context, okay? I really believe... 
um, that this will help fill in the content of what it would mean to submit yourself to God, at least as James was trying to communicate it, and I think is very relevant for us. And I think you'll agree with me by the end. So here we go. Verse 1, starting verse 1, says this. James asks a question. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this? So it's a rhetorical question. He's about ready to answer it for himself. It's kind of questions your parents always asked you. (laughs) What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Here, let me tell you. Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? What do you mean by that, James? Well, hang on. He's about ready to tell you. Verse 2. You desire and do not have, so you murder. Whoa, stop the bus, you know. I've never murdered anyone just because I wanted something and didn't have it. I know, but remember, this is James, the brother of Jesus. And what did Jesus tell us? He said that when you look at a brother and hate them in your heart, you might, you're committing murder in your heart. And James is pulling on that. He's saying when you want something and you don't have it, and he's talking about the culture at large too, not just each individual person. He's pointing at human culture and saying this is what you're going to see. You people want things, they don't have them, and they begin to plot against the people who do have them so they can take them from them. And that's jealousy and envy, and that is so alive in our world and so alive in our lives right now. All right, so verse 2, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Oh, man. So James is diagnosing our entire culture and our life and saying, your desires are very important. What you want is where your, Jesus said, wherever your heart is, your tre- wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And James is pulling on that to say, remember, when you look at your desires, what do you deeply desire? What, what ruins your day because you want it and don't have it? Who are you envious of? You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel, either with yourself or with other people. And James says, look, followers of Christ, you don't have because you don't ask. Or sometimes, look at verse 3, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You're starting to use prayer like uh, Jesus is the genie in the lamp. And if you rub the lamp the right way, Jesus will give you what you want. You say, no, man, it's not going to happen. Verse 4, you adulterous people. you pe- Adulterous, look at that. You guys belong to God, but you're cheating on him because he doesn't give you what you want. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity? That's a word that means you're an enemy. Don't you know that wanting to be friends with the world is enmity with God? Oh, it's killing me today. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it's no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? God loves you. He made you for a purpose. And when you leave him and try to go after the world to, to follow your desires and always have what you want, you're making yourself an enemy with God and you're breaking his heart. He's jealous over you in a good way. He's jealous over you in the way that a husband is jealous over his wife. He's jealous over you in the way that a good wife is jealous over her husband, meaning we are meant for each other and we and this is an exclusive relationship. Verse 6, but he gives more grace and therefore he says, now listen, this is a key, all right? So over everything we just talked about, here's the key. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes when you're proud and you try to have control over your own life and you insist on following the desires of your heart. James is warning you and saying, look, if you have to have what you want all the time, you are opposing God. Oh, my goodness. This is a stiff warning from, from the Bible, and it hits way too close to home for me. 
So if you've ever noticed that when you get running trying to have whatever you want and your life gets seems like it gets pretty hard and it's almost like God is fighting you, here's a key. He is. You see that? Does the Bible ever say that God will directly fight me? Yes, it does. Go to James chapter 4. It says God opposes the proud. All right, but what happens if what 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 could be my alternative? Well, he gives grace to the humble. Now look, what comes right after that? That's verse 6. So here we are right at verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. All right, so now we have all the content in the world we could ever want loaded into this. So we never have to wonder what James meant then by submitting ourselves to God. And by then, by extension, we don't have to wonder what it means to resist the devil and he will flee from you. It doesn't mean getting another book full of prayers that will destroy demons. It doesn't mean, not that there's always everything wrong with that, but the point here is, it doesn't have anything to do with this battling against the supernatural. Here's You want to really battle the supernatural? You want to scare the devil and cause him to flee from you? Then give God Almighty your desires. Submit the desires of your heart to God. Do what Jesus did and get and lay your life down to love God and love other people. That is a life that is absolutely invincible to the devil. Isn't that crazy? It's not what you would think right at first, at least not me. Uh, it, it means that our humility is worth so much more than we think it is. And it also means that um, our desires and pursuing the desires of the flesh and like, I have to have what I want. I have to keep up with the Joneses. I have to be the coolest. I have to be the richest. That kind of stuff is so much more dangerous than we think at first. So it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil. He will flee from you. And we gain more knowledge by keep going. So we've put the verse back into its context by looking before. Now let's keep going just a few verses. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify you, your hearts, you double-minded. See that? Double-minded, because you're trying to love God, but you love the world. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So we start out by reading this verse, and it's very encouraging. We think that it, all it means, submit, submit yourselves, therefore to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. There's no... It gets into the deepest parts of life, and it's a real key to discipleship. God cares about what you desire. If you want to know how you're growing in Christ, if you want to know about your, your um, spiritual life in a very important way, keep looking at what you want. Examine it. Now, it's not so you feel guilty. It's so you can see things for what they really are. When you go, man, I love money way more than I love God. Well, good. Now you know, and you can repent. You can say, God, look, please help me, man. I'm crazy for some reason. I see that your son died on the cross for me. I see your love for me, but I but I love money more than you. Please help me to understand. Humble me. Help me. I love my TV time more than I love your word. I love, uh, you, you understand, and it doesn't always have to be shallow things. Sometimes it's like, God, I love my kids more than I love you. I care more about them and their future than I care about you and your presence in their heart. Please help me. I need to submit myself to you because if I don't, I'm asking the devil to be involved in my life. <laughs> That's not good. The devil's knocking on the door and you're inviting him in for tea when you don't submit yourself to God and resist him by looking at your desires. Okay. Well, there, as you can tell, I'm getting hyped up and there's a lot more I'd like to say. But um, just to keep with our one verse here, um, the last thing we want to look at is, can we see how does this verse point to Jesus Christ? Is there any way we can see Jesus in this verse? Now, this particular verse is up on a T for us, you know. 
uh, this is pretty cool. We're not going to have to try hard. Now, as I say, there, there's always multiple ways. I'm sure there are so many ways you could see Jesus in this verse. But I just try to go with the one that, that is highlighted to me, and here it is. It actually comes from an actual point in Jesus' life. So if we think about our Gospels now, so we're going back, Bible students, to our Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're thinking, when do we see Jesus? So obviously his whole life was resisting the devil, and we see him casting demons out all the time. We see that. But when do we see Jesus actually resist the devil himself? And it's if you guys know, or it's maybe it's popping into your mind now, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist. He comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descends upon him as a dove. And there's a voice from heaven that says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Okay. And that's like the beginning of his ministry. It's, you know, the, the, it, it's his coronation, so to speak. And then in the Gospels, it says right after that, immediately after he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit drives him out into the wilderness to be tempted by who? You guessed it, the big guy, the devil. So he's driven out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And what does God do, what does Jesus do to resist those temptations? The devil appeals to his desires. He says, you're hungry, t- turn stones to bread. Man doesn't live by bread alone, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He quotes God's scripture. Uh, throw yourself in this temple, angels will help you, and everyone will see how spiritual you are. The Bible says don't put God to the test. Bow down and worship me, and, I'll, and I will give you every kingdom of this earth and all their glory. And Jesus says, the scripture says you should worship the Lord your God and no one else. So in other words, what happens? The devil appeals to Jesus' desires. And Jesus, instead of following those desires, submits himself to God. And what happens? The Bible says the devil left him. (laughs) Do you see? This is almost an illustrated snapshot from the life of Jesus. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. How can I know? Look at the life of Jesus. When the devil's appealing to your desires, you don't come back at him and say, I don't need that. I don't want that. You do too. Want it? You want all the kingdoms of this world. You want people to think you're super spiritual. You want to turn stones to bread? Of course you do. I do too. You want everything. I do I do too. You don't deny it. You know, When the devil puts it in front of your face, you don't say, ah, actually, I don't want that. The devil's not an idiot. He's not tempting you with things you don't want. He's never tempted me to join a knitting circle. He knows better than that. He knows what I really want in this life. So whenever he's tempting me that way... I don't pretend not to want it. Instead, I just submit myself to God. I say, you know, I'm trusting God instead. I'm not following my heart here. I don't, I'm not smart enough or good enough to know what's good for me. And so I'm going to submit myself to God. And the scripture is my primary way of doing that. Okay. Well, I think these are very important uh, verses. James is a rich book. If you're new to the New Testament and you're wondering what would be a good book for you to kind of settle on that would really help you and, and train you in your practical life with God, You could do a lot worse than settling on James, okay? It's a good verse. All right, it's been a pleasure to be with you guys. It's Monday, all right? So good time to be thinking about submitting yourself to God and resisting the devil, am I right? Um, uh, Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for commenting and for encouraging us. Uh, If you have any requests, any verses you'd like to hear on the uh, show, you just let me know. Uh, Otherwise, I'll see you next time.